Are you a CEO or ready to become one? Have we got an hour for you. Welcome to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. We're ready to set you up for success. Your reputation with shareholders and clients is important, but standing apart from your competitors is also essential to your success. We'll help you do both. Now, here is your host, Pam Lassiter. Welcome to the CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. I'm your host, Pam Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're with us today in the go-to place for honing the right skills to become a CEO and to stay there as a strategic competitive leader. You can email me at info at ceoacademywithpam.com, connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lassiter Consulting, or follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Pam Lassiter. Our guest today, we have two guests, are experts in these social media choices. Our first one is Dino Cataneo, founder and managing partner of Hoolibean, a boutique digital marketing firm. Find him on LinkedIn, and I'm going to spell the last name, C-A-T-T-A-N-E-O, Dino Cataneo. Our other guest is Amy Lipton, CEO of Spitfire Petite. And Amy, I'm going to find it, define it this time as a social media and e-commerce driven company. Is that fair, Amy? That's great. You can hear about her number of connection points for you. Facebook.com, LinkedIn, no, no, not LinkedIn, Facebook.com, Twitter.com, Pinterest.com, Instagram.com, slash Spitfire Petite at the end of all four of those gives you access to the wonderful things she's doing with clothing. And LinkedIn is under Amy J. Lipton. Watch out for the J there. So you see how this is a socially uh, driven through the media and through e-commerce driven company. So that's uh, a way cool aspect that we'll bring into the conversation. Amy, I also wanted to compliment you. Four of your sites all have the exact same uh, extension on them, Spitfire Petite. I see so many people calling their companies different names, and it gets the market confused, and you've been very consistent. So good job on that. Thank you both for coming. Thank you for having us. Well, it's exciting to get two experts here on an important topic. Today we're going to talk about social media for CEOs in 140 characters. Fun topic, isn't it? Warning. Uh, we're... Yeah, excuse me, did you have, Amy, were you saying something? Oh, no, I just said thanks for thanks for having me as well, Pam, and I think it's an awesome topic. I'm looking forward to it. Well, you are big time in it, too, so I'm glad you're here. We're trying not to use abbreviations or slang expressions in the show, but there's one that's already in the title, 140 characters, and that may not be translatable to everybody depending on what you're using now. Dino, you want to fill them in on where the 140 came from? Sure, 140 characters is the amount of characters that are um, allowed when you are writing a tweet on Twitter.com. Which you may be by the end of this show if you aren't already. But 140 characters is not a lot. So how to say things very briefly. And I have Dino to thank for the idea of that title. You may hear us talk about CEOs who are social, too. That's another basically abbreviation. That doesn't mean they're great guests at cocktail parties, It does, which they may be, though. It does mean they're actively using social media. So being social can take on a whole new meaning now. If we hang around Dino and Amy long enough, maybe we'll even be cooler than our kids. Let's go for it. Amy, let me start with you. You've worked at some giant companies such as IBM, directing global digital media and e-commerce, among other things, then as chief marketing officer at some startups with highly successful exits. Way cool to get the good exits then. Then started your own e-commerce company, Spitfire Petites, which looks to me like it's unifying all of your skills. When you were 17, thinking about college majors, how did you decide to set you up for a field that wasn't even a field then? Oh, that's a great, a great question, Pam. And um, you're so right that uh, the role that I'm in today as the CEO of Spitfire Petite really is actually taking advantage of all of the skills that I've learned uh, throughout my career um, at uh, IBM and a couple of uh, VC-backed 
startups, um, and even uh, my education and Syracuse University, uh, my undergraduate degree in graphic design, and then at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in communications. So Mm -hmm. um, given the topic today, um, you know, it's interesting to see how much uh, both of those design thinking, uh, graphic design, and um, communications um, are really playing a huge role and a huge part in uh, being able to reach customers and influencers, um, especially on social media, but um, across all channels today. So it's a well, did you predict of- that? Yeah, how did you get there? Mm-hmm. Um, how did I get here as in the CEO of this company? No, how did you get, when you were 17, to choose your majors, was it just sheer coincidence that you, did social media kind of evolved while you were studying these fields? I was influenced by a relative of mine who actually had uh, been one of the uh, first, um, had attended Syracuse University in graphic design, and I was just enamored with the work that she did. Um, she was, um, she lived in New York City, and um, she was a, a designer. She designed windows for Saks Fifth Avenue and um, was really involved in the design community in New York City. And um, I just loved what she did, and that's really what attracted me to the to the field and to my education and background. And that is um, so I cool. still I draw yeah. upon that today. As <laughs> yeah, many, well, it's. Graphics, it's visual imaging, which uh, computers certainly are, and it's what you're doing now with clothing, too. So that's fascinating. I never knew that. So there was a visual impression and an excitement and aura early on that got you started. Let me ask Dino a similar question. Curveball, you work at the intersection of creativity and analysis. That comes through in all your descriptions. Leaving or leveraging the data in digital marketing channels. There's a lot hidden out there, folks, to spark the insight that makes me fall in love with a brand. So using the quantitative to get to the qualitative. Wow. That's powerful. Is that why I've fallen in love with many of your clients, such as Microsoft, Best Buy, General Motors, Morgan Stanley, McGraw-Hill, J.D. Power? I can't even name them all. Maybe Caribbean, Royal Caribbean Cruises is one I could fall in love with a lot. Uh, great job at getting me to Thank fall you. in love. Why digital and social media? This intersection exists in other fields, too. I, I think that the digital and social media, I started out in digital in the last 15 years, and I, uh, prior to settling into digital marketing, I had my career had these changes. I would go for work for an investment bank, and then I would quit and work for a guitar company, and then I would mm-hmm. go to a consulting firm, and then I would go and work for a publishing company. And at some point, I realized that I had two sides of my personality. One is the one who thinks, even though probably is not, mm-hmm. I am an artist. And then there's the other one that I that really enjoys maybe spending three hours sitting in a spreadsheet and adding numbers. and when I landed into marketing and then digital marketing specifically, that is a field where you need both sides of your brain to be successful because every purchasing decision uh, starts out with a need and an analysis of the need, but ultimately, and that is true in the business to business as much as the business to consumer world, ultimately the decision has a very emotional component. So, you know, if you think about the, the world of, a CEO who's hiding a service company, somebody who will hire a McKinsey versus a smaller consultant has a different connection to these brands and how they want to be represented. And so, so that was that, the, that was the integration. Uh, the integration, even. exactly. So that was the right place, the right time, which uh, you'll see this in some of Dino's thinking later on, I hope, too. We're going to spend most of our time today talking about what social media has to do with you as CEO. But let's put a couple of concepts in place first so we're all on the same page or screen as we move forward. Amy, what are the main social media that people seem to use? And tell us about what social media presence means to start off with. Um, Sure, Pam. So I think, um, you know, there's two levels when it comes to the CEO, which is, you know, their own presence and then the brand presence. Um, as you mentioned um, earlier, uh, a number of the um, of the uh, uh, more prominent social media uh, sites are Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, 
uh, LinkedIn and YouTube, but there are there are quite a few more, um, and it is rather um, uh, widespread now um, that uh, there are other tools that um, and um, social media sites that are uh, becoming more and more popular. Um, I'm going to focus today mostly on the brand presence and um, the reason to, to be there, which are you know the fact that your customers are there and your influencers are there. Um, analysts, the media, your employees. So um, it's, you know, imperative today to be on social media, um, much like uh, companies used to use the channel to uh, promote their brand on TV or in print media. Um, today we use social media because of the fact that it has uh, to the ability for two-way communication, um, it makes a great new channel to be able to not just reach out to customers and prospects in one direction, but to be able to listen to them because of the two-way communication, to get their feedback, okay. to understand and, the sentiment about your brand and the industry yeah. that you're in, and to actually... You know what... Oh, sorry. Um, you know what we're going to do? In the second segment, we're going to go into this even more. But just mm-hmm. the, the the presence you're saying is the overall uh, impression we get of a company and their brand through their social media presentation. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay, and I want to hear what Dino has to say about that, and then we're going to take a quick break. So, Dino, how do you know good social media presence when you see it? I'm looking for three things. So the first thing that I'm looking for is, is there a commitment and a presence? So is this presence constant by a brand? The second is, is the content that is presented within a social media channel focused more on creating value for the user and for the for the end customer, or is it just promotional? And then the third um, element that I'm looking for is when a brand or an individual is presenting content within a social media network, are they creating content that is native and appropriate for that specific network. So we talked about the 140 characters earlier. So Twitter, it's great to have 140 characters. If you're going to another network like a Facebook or a LinkedIn, you have the opportunity to use longer content. And so are you making the most of that opportunity? So, you know, I hadn't thought about the appropriateness, not only for the, the content being appropriate, for, but the way you're packaging it. Yes, for the different absolutely. social media channels too. Uh, that's some. That's a test you can use for yourselves when you're looking at your own program to see if it's passing the. Are you making a commitment? Or the contact content of it and the appropriateness of it for both for the channel and for the the level of messaging you're sending. Amy, you're selling to consumers, so you have a B to C business. You may hear us use that abbreviation in the future. Dino is selling to businesses exclusively, so B to B business. And I'll ask you after we come back uh, if that changes how you approach things. One message I've gotten clearly is that Twitter and LinkedIn should be in your company, whether you're B2B or B2C, either one. But B2B in particular, you start on those two if you haven't started quite yet. And what we're going to do is take a break in just a couple of seconds. And during the break, I'm going to ask you to check out a great article from Fast Company that I've sent to my LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter pages, and it's about CEOs and social media. Some of its points will be in our next segment on payback you may have in front of you. See you in three minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, 
which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. The article on CEOs and social media that I hope you got to see on my sites is pointing you to where we're heading right now. We're talking to Dino Cataneo from Hulabing and Amy Lipton from Spitfire Petites and are plunging into, why bother? I'm a CEO with a great marketing department and a social media strategist to handle all these communications. I'm good. Well, to quote a Fast Company article, 61% of CEOs have no social media presence. These are Fortune 500 CEOs. Consumer trends are heading in exactly the opposite direction. Globally, more than 2 billion, that's with a B, 2 billion people are now on social media. The average user spends nearly two hours a day on social platforms. Studies have shown that millennials watch more YouTube than TV, and three out of four consumers say social media impacts their buying decisions. So, Dino, why should CEOs be involved with social media when their departments have all this covered? Well, first of all, I think if you take the opposite number of that article, 61% are not, but 39% are already on. So if CEOs want to be on social media, they want to catch up with their competition. I think that <laughs> when when I think about why CEOs should be on social media, it, it a lot of the time this conversation is a binary, like so being either obsessed with social media or not being at all. Mm-hmm. And my answer is CEO should be on social media to the appropriate level of degrees. But I think going back to one of your older post podcasts, the main reason why CEO should be on social media, I, I believe Rick Burns said that the number one job of a CEO to be a great CEO is to listen to their customers. That's right. because where their customers are. Right. So the customers are listening and reading and tuning in, but not where they used to be. Exactly. So mm-hmm. that's the number one reason why CEOs should be on social media. The degree of involvement may change, but yeah, but reaching out to customers and listening, most importantly. Yeah. You know what I've seen CEOs do so wisely. Some of them just follow Twitter feed. They may not respond to the Twitter feeds, their marketing department and their Social media people are responding, but they may jump in. And boy, what better way to know what's happening out there than to see this unfiltered, raw data right in front of you all the time. Right. Pretty cool. Amy, you had talked earlier to me about broader presence that social media gets you in front of. Are these more people, more everything? Um, Pam, really um, what we just touched on when I mentioned that – uh, you know, unlike TV and print, um, social media allows for two-way communication. And so what you were just talking about, being able to listen to the customer is so mm. important. Um, but it also allows now uh, for all kinds of things to happen because of the two-way communication. Um, there are all kinds of um, chats, real-time chats that happen on Facebook. Uh, There are video testimonials. There's real-time interviews and Q&A sessions. So um, things like like we're talking about right now can happen on social media. Um, Mm -hmm. It's about commerce today, and it's also becoming a platform for customer service. So when we talk about social media and we think about it as a channel to reach out to customers, um, there's a, a way for you to not only reach them to sell, but to provide customer service and to allow for real-time feedback on the types of information that you are sending out to them. 
Interesting. So that works for B2B companies as well with the service follow-through, right? Absolutely. In oh, fact, isn't that I had, interesting? I had yeah. B2B in mind when I was thinking about that. You know what I've started using as my last-ditch effort if companies aren't paying attention? If you lose your bags, just go on Twitter, whatever airline it is, and get your destination in there in 140 characters. All of a sudden, you get coverage. It's amazing. (laughs) We can use social media for our personal. I'm trying to stick to business, but it's a personal benefit as well. Uh, Dino, you were also talking about employees. How does any of these social media, how do they infect employee attitude, hiring? Yeah, so I I think, first of all, as the workforce, uh, the the composition of the workforce changes and it becomes more and more by millennials who have been used, they're native in this form of communication, meaning that they, they started in a world where everything was already on social media. Their expectation, the assessment on a company is also based on the company's presence in social media and their ability to communicate and talk to them the way they want to be communicated and told to. And it also is a way to control the perception and the image with, of the company within the market. Having a, a proactive presence for the company can be, you know, can help shape what uh, employees and potential employees see. And then as a CEO, um, that, that choosing, and especially like in some of the more technical or, you know, maybe niche type business to business industry, being on social media can be a way to showcase the expertise and the knowledge in the industry and in the company and, and project that leadership that a potential or current employee wants to, wants to follow. So, so it helps attract the right people it, Yes. as well as engage yes. the ones, are you saying this can create increased retention and engagement as well? Well, I, I don't think that this alone can create retention and engagement, but at even other conditions, it can be a, a differentiating factor. Yeah, absolutely. There have been surveys that show that employees think they're at a cooler company if they have a social CEO yeah. and they're more proud. This is actually rank ordered. I think this is the Shander, uh, Shad, Weber Shandwick survey. Yes that they're proud of their company, they're uh, inspired by their CEOs if they actually see their CEOs on social media. So that was, you know, we're hiring the next couple of generations. And, you know, one of the things that has changed into the motivation for people to stay and work with companies is working with companies that are mission-based. And social media, whether it is internally facing or with, you know, the specific company tools or externally facing, it's a great way to represent and portray and, and, and really confirm the mission of the company. So it's easier for an employee to identify with, with the mission of the companies that you're a part of. Yeah. In, in terms of, it, it's a communication tool. No, so. it's communication about something that's important to them. Yes, too. exactly. And so it works both ways. The market likes it and the employees like it. So they um, reinforce each other. Oh, cool. Amy, and you had thoughts about CEOs being engaged do they need to get over social media? Should they be paying attention at the highest levels? You know, um, you you mentioned this earlier um, that you know it's it's almost guaranteed that uh, your customers and your competitors have a presence on social media, and if you don't, um, you know your your competitors and your customers will soon. Um, and so I think that, you know, there's a huge risk involved in not being there because we know that, you know, the, the spread of information today on social media is just like wildfire. And um, you need to be on those tools and on those sites to be able to listen to what your customers are saying. And, you know, we, we all know that there have been um, some very high-profile um, examples of this recently and, um, you know, being there so that you can manage your reputation, um, you know, um, when things like that do happen um, is, is just so important. Um, you know, managing your reputation, um, it goes beyond just, you know, your products and services associated with your brand today. And like Dina was just saying, it's, it's about how people perceive your brand, um, the value of your brand, and... Um, you know, what you're communicating about. So I think it's um, 
I think it's so important. I think the risk in not being on social today is much greater than any risk um, that you could possibly imagine being there. Interesting. And from the top, too, you're saying that the CEO has more uh, clout, basically, in intervening and stopping risk if something is happening. Absolutely. (laughs) Did you hear about the Domino's pizza story that happened several years back? Domino's lost 10% of its value as a company in one day because of some employees posting a video of their doing obnoxious things to food they pretended like they were serving and so that went viral within seconds Uh and this is a case in most business schools now about how domino did such a good job this is before people were used to fighting fire with fire and they determined the channels the employees had used youtube was one of them but there were others and they got on those same channels and had their ceo which was just a really nice relaxed, open-collar guy that was uh, really inspired confidence by just listening to him. And he was talking to people about how we'd never do that and what we're changing. Did you see any of that? Yes. But, and one thing that I'd like to point out is, and you know, compare maybe to the more recent examples of mm-hmm. the response of the CEO, let's say of United, for mm-hmm. instance. Um, in this case, there, it's always important to separate the fact that the social media is a channel and you need to use it effectively. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you have a sort of a PR response strategy, right? And then the social media channel becomes something that amplifies the effectiveness of your PR strategy. So if you have a great PR strategy and you're responding correctly and you go on social media, that will have a wildfire effect to support it. If you have not a great response to a situation and you go on social media with that bad response, they will have the same exact. <laughs> Another wildfire response. Exactly, but, <laughs> but in the opposite way. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. You've brought it to a higher level, which is strategy. Right. And getting it back to strategy. Amy, any comments on the role of the CEO in that one or the media oversight? Um, you know, Pam, uh, it's. It's bringing to mind a thought about a a book that I've read um, recently that um, is called Brand Resilience and uh, Managing Risk and Recovery in a High-Speed World. It's by a consultant from Deloitte named Jonathan Kapolsky. And while social media is only a part of it, um, it, it's important to have a strategy to manage any risk um, in your brand. And, you know, the... The examples that you just used, um, I think, are you know are true examples of how much faster things happen in uh, communication today because of social media. And so, it is important to have a strategy behind your brand presence and your communications. Um, I think social media is a part of it, but I think that you know the speed at which. Um, you know, this type of communication happens today is just so much faster. So it's so much more important to have a really great strategy to be able to respond when something like that happens. So that, the speed, the speed is a uh, killer. So use the appropriate, back to the earlier word, uh, measures and the appropriate channels. The content has to be right. Okay, we're going to go to break right now. And after our break, we're going to talk about what keeps you up at night. Do the risk outweigh the rewards, or are there ways to mitigate these? So come back in three minutes, and we're going to let you sleep better tonight. Talk to you soon. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. 
The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lasseter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. We're talking to Amy Lipton, dresser of powerful women at Spitfire Petites. How do you like that one, Amy? Love it. <laughs> I got that off your website, I think. And Dino Cataneo from Hulibing, who uses his left brain analytics to combine with your right brain love of brand. Absolutely. That's a pretty powerful combination of people, isn't it? Okay, we've been talking about how CEOs need to be visible on social media, how it benefits their company brand, their employee engagement, their hiring, their sales, lots of levels. We'll get to how to do that that fits with your temperament and style uh, shortly. First, however, I want to pick up the rock and see what bugs and crawly things are underneath. If it's so smart to be social, as the expression goes, why do 61% of Fortune 500 CEOs have no social presence at all? And in a Weber-Shandwick survey, 76% of them still said they should be. Amy, there's a disconnect there. Why are they thinking it's important but not doing it? What are they scared of? Well, I, you know, I think you um, talked a little bit about it on um, on risk and um, you know being concerned about um, you know the the risk of being online and not looking at what the benefits and the rewards and the value are. Um, and I think that that's. Um, it's so important to make sure that you're looking at, you know, the return that you're going to get from a presence online versus being concerned about the risk. And, um, you know, I've been involved with social media for a long time with a, a very large company, um, and I know that in the beginning there were uh, concerns about the risk of, you know, messaging and uh, allowing others to, you know, take control, so to speak, of uh, the messaging uh, for your brand. But um, as we've learned now over the past 10 years, over and over again, um, and Dino touched on this, your employees are great ambassadors to actually move forward the uh, brand message. Uh, your customers are great ambassadors to move forward your brand message. So um, I think that, you know, the the... The uh, returns are, you know, greatly outweigh any of the risk, and um, I think that there are so many examples now of that. Do you typically see companies having some sort of policies that, you know, you can do anything on social media that's positive. If it's negative, <laughs> let me know, or something that limits everybody saying everything all the time? Um, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of companies, you know, have a um, have guidelines around their communication on social. And a lot of times, you'll see employees will say, you know, opinions are my own, um, because there mm-hmm. is uh, many times a, a crossover between, you know, their own personal uh, presence on social media mm-hmm. and you know and their uh, work presence. And so, um, I think that's one way that companies have you know managed to. Um, mitigate risk of employees saying something that, um, you know, isn't what they would want to see. So having policies, and Dino, you've seen that too. I have actually written policies. You have written policies. (laughs) In in, in the 2008-2009 era, as like larger companies were thinking about going on on social media, one of a lot of the assignments that I was doing at the agency I was at at the time was helping companies set up the governance of social media. So what are employees allowed to do? What are they not allowed to say? What is the policy for, um, you know, employees that are 
on their own social presence where they're not representing themselves as mm -hmm. members of a company versus what they can say when they're part of the companies. And then there's the other side for publicly traded companies, which is the fact that you have material information that you, know, yeah. you may not even realize you're disclosing, but mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a whole investor governance uh, issue that goes into that. And I think it depends on the industries you're in. There's certain industries, obviously, like healthcare or financial services, where the disclosures and the implications are much uh, tougher, and then in other industries, less. But yes, absolutely. That, that's the first place to mitigate risk. So some of this depends on the industry and industry norms yes. and whether you're publicly held or private or whatever. Exactly. But clearly having some sort of best practices, I think both of you are saying, are in place. And that's where it goes up to the CEO, too. But, you know, the first step of a policy is still, I think, uh, I may give away my age here, but I remember saying, when you're talking in a business situation, if you wouldn't want it on the front page of the oh, New York Times, yeah. don't say it. That's that is still the first standard that you mm -hmm. start from, you know, like, well, you know, this is a very public place. It may even have more circulation than the first page of the New York Times these days. So, oh, faster you, for sure. You know, do you want that out or not? And yeah. I think that's now that's a good rule of thumb. And for any email you yeah. write too, for that matter, too. I know one thing that concerns CEOs is return on investment. Am I getting my money's worth? I'll ask both of you, but Dina, why don't you start about what you think? So I think that obviously there's always been a, a big issue in the social media world, especially because I think that a lot of the practitioners starting out tend to be very qualitative. And so the, they didn't want to say, well, you need to be on social media, they didn't quantify it. I think ultimately um, it may not always be measurable directly, but you can always create proxies of, you know, the results of us of how many people are seeing some content or how they're engaging with their content. And you should be able, even if it's not a direct uh, link, to, to quantify what that is getting your brand up, whether it is knowledge, et cetera. And then, you know, Amy, I think this is a good place maybe where you, um, being in the commerce world, obviously right now there is a, a lot more e-commerce opportunities that come into the social world, right? Oh, so I you can... Oh, that's great. Say more, Amy. Keep working. Yeah, well, so, you know, um, so, you know, kind of going back to what we mentioned right up front, which is, you know, a CEO's own presence and, and their brand presence, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing to look at, um, at those two things and whether or not the CEO, quote, unquote, has a, um, you know, their own um, uh, profile um, or if it's, just how their presence comes across on social media, um, whether it's you know other employees who are um, who are um, promoting you know their thoughts and ideas and actions. But there are so many companies, especially um, you know large and small companies, where um, you know the uh, presence of the CEO has a huge you know it has a huge impact on the personality of the company and. Um, you know, whether they're attracting uh, new talent to that company, um, you know, these are all kinds of things that, um, you know, that will come out of a, a strong brand presence and, and a brand presence that, you know, that's managed to ensure that, you know, it's the message you want to get across. And, you know, your Domino's um, example was a perfect example of that. Um, you know, how the CEO's personality uh, comes across as a way to help promote the brand. And, you know, that's one of the things that's, like, so important in my business today, which is, you know, the personality, my personality coming through um, in the brand and what the brand represents. And, you know, what um, the brand represents is, you know, based on my values and, and why I started and created the company. And, um, you know, that is important, whether it's a small company, a mid-sized company, or a large company. So um, I think those are things to consider and look at when you're looking at, you know, the return on investment. Investment. In and it's really much larger than something you can simply track, like how many hits do we get on our website or... Right, but you could overall take a look at, you know, if you are if you have an e-commerce funnel on your site, you can see the portion of people that have bought that at some point have engaged with you mm. in your social presence. And you can see, the you know, which of the social sites are on and you can get indication that maybe, you know, people who 
have been on your Facebook page are 20% more likely to buy your product. And that can give you a very quantifiable way to figure out how much you're getting out of the return of the money that you're spending on a Facebook page. So there are a lot of ROIs. I can hear where Dino's going to put his advertising too. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to attract which other sites do they go to as well. And that's where your ads are going to appear, right? (laughs) That's, that works for B2B as well as B2C. So that's a, uh, analytical way to decide where you're going to put things, which is a great point. I want to spend some time on one other major fear that CEOs seem to have with social media, but it's related to what's coming up next, a break in time. CEOs are fearful about the amount of time social media can take, and we are going to take a break shortly and then we'll come back and let's talk about time on the other side so we can spend some more time on it absolutely (laughs) okay so we'll talk to you in three minutes voice america business network the bottom line in business Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from the break. We are in our wrap-up phase, and there's still so much to cover, too. I want to talk about a couple of things we were... Entering on time at the end of the last segment, and time seems to be one of the main concerns. If I start this social media campaign, listen to the stats. People are spending two hours a day on social media. I don't have that to do. So what do you two think a CEO could do that would be visible and impactful but limit his or her time? Do you want to go first, Dino? Sure. I think that... uh the first thing is figuring out the level of comfort that they have with social media because uh, the fear to end up spending all the time is a very real fear. And I mm-hmm. think for somebody who has never been on social media, it's maybe, maybe mm-hmm. the first thing is to look what the different sites are, what the type of content is, and figure out where they're more comfortable. Maybe they just start with LinkedIn, with getting their profile and, you know, once a week or once a month posting an article of content or they, you know, if I'm assuming that CEOs are keeping themselves up to date on what's new in the industry, maybe once a week they publish an article that they like. Mm-hmm. And then as they get more comfortable, they can decide how much time to allocate. But, uh, you know, I think social media is just one of the many things that is taking their time. So it's not the, the, the decision of how much time to dedicate to social media is going to be against the same criteria as to the decision to allocate. There's many areas that are demanded is and in any area. There's are there are activities that are mission critical and activities that maybe they're not as necessary. So it's the decision process is yeah. seminal. 
So this is one to be easy to put off, but it's like putting off advertising your company or connecting with your customers. So it yeah. becomes a big deal. What are you thinking, Amy, about the time commitment that a CEO could take or should take? Well, I think that, you know, in the same way you would want to track and measure the return on investment from any um, time that you spent um, either personally or for your brand on social media, um, you want to be able to, you know, define what the goals are of the work that you're doing, um, make sure they're quantifiable, and then be able to, you know, go back and track and measure them. And there are a lot of great tools to be able to do that. Um, so I think that, you know, in, in kind of taking a campaign approach um, is one way to look at this, the same way that you would if you were looking to build up your email list or to, um, you know, get downloads of a white paper or um, additional trials of your product or service. Um, a campaign that would allow you to um, do things like let um, others know um, your thoughts and ideas about a um, particular topic in your industry. So you are, um, you know, promoting thought leadership about the industry or, um, you know, uh, potentially letting others know where you're going to be and what you're going to be doing. And, you know, I've personally found that... Um, both of those things. One, um, I've actually found, believe it or not, on LinkedIn, uh, which, you know, we were saying earlier, um, you know, wasn't necessarily one of the, the leading ones that we were going to be talking about today, but um, I've posted when I'm going to be in different places uh, with my company to meet and greet customers, um, and I've gotten tremendous feedback on LinkedIn um, about, um, those type of posts. Um, but I think also, you know, as I mentioned, um, thought leadership is another great way to do it and to do it like a campaign. So you have a certain amount of time, you know, how much time you're going to spend, you know, how often and how only you're going to communicate about those kinds of things. So then you can track and measure them. I think that those are a couple of really great ways to be able to uh, be online um, you know, it helps with not just your branding, but, you know, in my particular case, if I'm out looking for financing or if I'm looking to recruit talent to the company, especially as a small startup company, that is a really great way for me to be able to do those things. And I think that there are a lot of other options for other companies to do similar things. So start small, be consistent, and have good content. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Yeah, and the LinkedIn point. Was so I, ju- I just want to make a point in addition to what Amy was saying about her role as a CEO. So if you are if you build a presence and you have a good content and you're consistent and people start following you as a CEO because you're providing mm-hmm. valuable content about that industry. Think about this. If you are a leading voice in your industry and all the people are, are following your post on LinkedIn or on uh, Twitter, and then you are working on a new product release. That's a free channel for you where you can talk about the new product instead of having your PR department go in and trying to get an article you know, in a magazine or a newspaper. So it once you've created that presence and that connection, it then becomes a very powerful marketing channel if you don't abuse it. That's you just know. the point. I'm just taking an example. It. You take Mary Barr, who's the CEO of GM, right? Mm-hmm. She has a Twitter feed and... It's good. And she talks about her own personal stuff, but then she also will post pictures of the new models that are being released. And then she talks about some of the charity work that GM is doing. And it's a great way for oh, people to follow her. And, you know, and, and, and that's where sort of obviously she's very aware on her Twitter presence that she's the CEO of GM and they know she's the CEO of GM. So there's going to be the, the personal content will be within a certain sphere, but. Yeah, it's a very powerful way for her to get out the picture of a new Cadillac or a new. Because people are paying attention. Because people are following her because she has provided valuable content there. Yeah, that's just what I was reading in a lot of the literature. If people feel like you're selling to them all the time, they're going to back off and disappear. But if you're providing content and you can retweet, you can you don't have to write everything. You can retweet or 
forward messages and articles you get from other people. They love that. They'll do the same to you. Or you can uh, embed some other content in your own and attribute it. So you don't have to do it all yourself. And getting a social media coach like I've used Dino for before, uh, taught me how to use Hootsuite, which is just a productivity tool that you can do a lot of social media sites at the same time. So there are lots of shortcuts to this too. So time can be managed. It's just deciding to put your toe in the water or maybe to swish the toe around a little bit so you get some ripples. Fair enough for time. I want to deal with one other touchy sub oh you know what we're not going to have time but thinking ahead of time talking to your marketing department or your strategy people about what if I'm saying something and it comes across as a gaffe when I never met, meant it to be how do, do I do damage control and just like Domino's Pizza did you can get a program for that too I want to uh, do a big picture one minute 30 second comment 30 second, literally. The future of digital media. Where is social media heading, Dino? I think that the biggest question that is in the future of any kind of digital media is how artificial intelligence is going to evolve. And I think that that is going to condition everything because you already have, you're already having conversations on Facebook or Twitter and you don't know it with brands that they're managing their accounts with artificial intelligence. So. Oh, that's... Uh to be continued then we'll have this conversation again and amy you were talking about ooh, five seconds your future do you have a future vision of where things are headed yeah i think it's gone way beyond a communication channel and i talked about a platform for customer service and i think that with uh um analytics and and you know platform for customer that's great. Yeah. You've got it. I apologize. We have like 20 seconds, and I want to thank you, too. So watch out. Customer service, analytics, and AI. AI. Artificial yes. Artificial intelligence will be the future. I want to thank you, Amy Lipton from Spitfire Petites and Dino Catneo from Hulibean. This is the CEO Academy with Pam Lasseter, and join us next week for boards, getting on the right ones and building your own. Thank you for joining us on CEO Academy. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to join us for another edition of CEO Academy with Pam Lasseter next Wednesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week for more tips from the professionals as you grow your career and your company to the top.